Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Well, they sent the multitudes away. Jumping to verse 28, it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and began sinking. And he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And then I want to go to Luke ten thirty-eight. Now it happened as they went that he entered, into, entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have to come before you. <clears throat> God, and I ask that you just be with me as your speaker this morning to be able to accurately and effectively speak what you've laid on my heart and just help us all to be open to what you have for us and to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> So both these stories are, uh, I imagine most of us here are extremely familiar with. The first one, Jesus and the disciples had just got done throwing, which, which I would consider one of the coolest potlucks ever to go to. I mean, nobody showed up with anything except one person. He fed the 5,000. Jesus then told his disciples to get on the boat and head to the other side. And while the disciples were out on the boat in the middle of the sea, this storm just kind of kicks up really bad and it gets really sketchy out there on the water. Then they saw Jesus, but thought that it was a ghost. And Jesus replies, everybody just chill out, it's me. All right, you know me. And this is where I want to go back to Matthew 14 and 28. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down of the water, or come out of the ship, he walked on wa the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, beginning to sink, he cried, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Usually whenever I've heard this lesson taught in the past, it, it's talking about keeping your eyes on Jesus. 
when you're surrounded by chaos, when you're in a seemingly hopeless situation, something that seems impossible, keep your eyes on Jesus. Which is absolutely true. But this morning I want to look at it in a similar way, but a little bit different. The second story is Jesus had come to the village where Mary and Martha lived. They welcomed him into their home. Martha was running around trying to make sure everything was good. Everything run, was running smoothly while Jesus was there. Then she notices that her sister's not doing anything. Ain't helping. So she gets irritated, upset, feels like she's the only one working. So she complains to Jesus, saying, hey, tell her to do something. Jesus, again, is like, chill out. You, you have too much going on right now. Mary is doing what she needs to do. She's getting something that she needs. So question. I'm sure you've been asked in the past, but what are some things that, if I were to ask you what you never seem to have enough of, what would you say? Time? Money? Money is a big one. It seems like I'm sending more out than I bring in. And that's not to the church. Generally, when we say time, we're referring to the fact that there just is not enough time to do everything that we can or that we need to do in a single day. It's stuff just keeps piling up. But this morning, I want to talk about one more thing that often gets overlooked that we never seem to have enough of and we don't. I want to talk about something that is very limited in the amount that we have but that this world is constantly trying to fight for, to take from us. You see, when we talk about the enemy, he'll try and put difficult and terrible situations in our life. Matthew 14 and 29 says, and, when, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, and he walked into the water. But when he saw the water, he got scared, and he started sinking and crying, Lord, save me. Peter got what he wanted. He wanted to walk on the water. He said, if you are who you say you are, call me out there, and I'm going to walk on that water. But once he got out there, what happened? He took his eyes off Jesus. He was good, but then he got distracted. Which brings me to the title of my lesson this morning, The Danger of Distraction. I was talking to Brother Marcus before I was teaching, because originally, whenever God put this message in my heart, it was towards the youth. I had the youth in mind. But then I got, felt God say to me that, no, this is for the adults. This is just as important for adults, for us, if not more than the kids. Like I said, some of the most common answers that we get that we say we don't have enough of is time and money. But another thing that ties in with time but is very often overlooked would be our attention. 
How many of you agree that we live in very, very interesting times right now? Now, please don't, don't take this the wrong way, because it is absolutely true that the enemy will try to take advantage of a seemingly terrible situation you may be going through and facing in your life. Like the storm that the disciples were facing to try and distract you. But I believe because of the age that we live in, he's using another tactic when it comes to those that have been living for God for a while. And also fresh, new to this lifestyle. Today, more than ever, I believe the enemy is using distraction as a weapon. Sometimes in those types of situations, those terrible situations that I was talking about earlier, that the enemy tries to take advantage of, backfires and actually causes some people to turn their attention back to God. If we were honest with ourselves, we'd all agree that this world is going downhill extremely quickly. And the enemy, like I said, has found new ways to attack us. Some that are right in front of our face. Some are subtle. I remember me and Mattman were talking. He taught a Wednesday a while ago. I don't remember the title. But we were talking about the enemy attacking us. And then we got talking about the recent attacks on Israel. And one of the interesting things that, that I saw was there was this, it seemed like cell phone footage, I don't know what kind of footage it was, but it was these individuals at a party, living life, doing what they want to do, and then if you looked in the background, they zoomed in and pointed it out, you can see the enemy coming in on these like hang glider type things, completely undetected. While they were distracted, they were sneaking in. That's why in 1 Peter 5, 8 it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may, be, may devour. The devil is constantly looking for ways to attack us. And I believe, because, like I said, the age that we lived in, he's found some new ones. You see, some of the most valuable things that we have is our attention. What we set our eyes on. What we let into our ears. What has our focus. Our attention span is defined as the amount of time spent concentrating on a task before becoming distracted. And distraction occurs when attention is uncontrollably diverted to something else. Some of the largest companies today are ones that are fighting for your attention. They're wanting to distract you. And I'm sure as many of you are aware that spent any time with me, I am very easily distracted. I'm getting better. It's something I struggle with all my life, and I can tell you it ain't going away. It's going to stay. So this lesson may be more for me than all y'all. I might just be up here talking to myself. Just humor me and act like y'all are getting something from it. 
How many of you here today would say that if something terrible were to happen in your life, a situation, or if you're currently going through something, you, you would keep your attention on Jesus? You would keep your focus on Jesus? That no matter what the enemy throws at you, he could be standing face to face with you and you're like, I'm not going nowhere. That's why I feel that he has come up with new tactics, different directions, something a little bit more subtle. If he could, because if he can just grab your attention for even a moment, he could potentially distract you from what you need to be focused on. Amen. Come on. Now, while there are many different avenues of distraction. The first one that comes to my mind is almost impossible to get away from. If you can get away from it, please see me after this. I need some tips. Our cell phones, social media, I actually got mine over there intentionally, away from here. As of June 2023, Apple was considered the largest company, being valued at just under $3 trillion. Facebook was quite a bit behind at $3 billion, and then YouTube at $2 billion. Some interesting facts about our attention span. According to research, our attention span has decreased from 12 seconds in 2000 to 8 seconds in 2023. The average attention span of a goldfish, 9 seconds. <laughs> How is it a goldfish? Well, I, I'm, I'm different, so that makes sense. It says, majority of people have a shorter attention span while using their mobile devices. The human attention span is shorter than a squirrel. The average American spends over seven hours a day looking at screens of some sort. The average attention span of someone listening to a presentation is eight minutes. When I read that, it's a little scary. Because that means when pastor's up here, Brother Madman's up here, any other ministers are up here, trying to preach what God has for someone in here, they have eight minutes to grab your attention before they lose you. The fact that God has such a small window to grab our attention so you can receive what you, He has for you. Multitasking reduces attention span up to 40%. According to the University of California, San Diego, the average American consumes almost 34 gigabytes of data and information every single day. They said that's equivalent to paying 15,000 hours of a video game in one day. Or scrolling TikTok, 94 hours worth of TikTok in one day. Like I mentioned earlier, I really felt that this was towards you, especially when I read that. But if we're honest with ourselves, how many of y'all have kids? Kids? 
How many times have you asked your kids to do something or whatever it is, they either didn't do it, partially did it, or did it wrong? And what's the usually the thing we'll, we'll take away? Give me your phone, give me the TV, video games. Those are gone, the devices are gone. Why? Because we want them to be able to focus. But if we're honest with ourselves, how many times do we do that for ourselves? I ain't done it. Oh, I didn't do this right. Oh, let me get back on there. Between our phones, TV, social media, news, you name it, we take in so much information that it is impossible for us to focus on all of it at one time. And again, technology alone can't be just the blame. We can't just blame technology because there are so many distractions in this world today that's fighting for our attention. And not all those distractions are negative either. If you ever, have you ever met somebody that's going through a situation or waiting for some news or something and they're worried, right? What, what advice do we, we give them sometimes? Find something to take your mind off of it. Do something. Something to distract you from what is going on. The thing is that when it comes to our, to our walk with God, our salvation, any distraction, whether good or bad, has an inherent danger that comes with it. You only have so much attention that you can give that there is a real danger that comes from distraction. Before I continue any further, I just want to make one point. Sometimes, more often than not, we give the devil way more credit than he deserves. More often than not, I'll just speak for myself, it ain't the devil distracting me, it's me. I'm distracting me, it's my fault. Again, he does do it, but I think more often than not, it's on us. Alright, now it's out of the way, let's continue a little bit more. A question that we should all ask ourselves is, who or what has our attention? What are we devoting our time and energy to? What, more importantly, what are we giving our attention to? What are we putting in front of our eyes? What are we reading? Who are we talking to? Who are we hanging out with? Because the answer to those questions can have a tremendous effect on your faith. Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. When I was studying this and I read that, I wasn't thinking, far too often we do this, we hear about preaching, you know, hearing the ministers talk, hearing. But what are you listening to spiritually? What is your spirit listening to? Not just physically, noise. What has your attention? 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit expressly says, that in later times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to the deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. The word devoting in the original Greek is prosecho, which means to bring to, bring near, to attend, 
or apply to oneself or turn the mind to. If I can reread that scripture in just a little different way. Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by paying attention to or being distracted by deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. The same word is used back in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3. It says, As I besought thee to abide still in Ephesus, when I went into Macedonia, and then thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine, neither give heed to, or be distracted by, fables and endless genealogies, who minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in the faith. And then in Luke 21, 34, it says, But watch yourselves, or don't get distracted, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. See, like I said, I, the, the devil, as much as he's in your face, attacking you, or, you know, life is attacking you, He's got new methods now. Don't get distracted, lest your hearts be weighed down and the cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Because if he can just distract you a little bit at a time, slowly get your attention to drift. Before you know it, you're in a trap. Especially if he knows, if he's thrown at situations in your life and you ain't budged. He's like, okay, I'm going to get you when you're not paying attention. So what is the danger? Well, let's first start with the definition of distraction. It is something that takes away from what we are supposed to be doing. If we are not careful, we can become distracted in our walk with God. Now, obviously, one of the dangers of distraction is that we completely lose focus on God and turn away. That's always there. But like I kind of alluded to earlier, I truly believe that the real danger is in the fact that we can completely lose focus, but oftentimes it's with these seemingly small distractions, just little by little. When I, when I think of this, I think of it as I'm, I'm driving somewhere. I'm sure, I don't know if y'all have done it. You're driving. I'll drive, be driving home. I'll get distracted, thinking about something else, thinking about what happened, what's about to happen. Fill in the blank. Life is distracting me. And then the next thing I know, I wasn't paying attention where I was driving. I'm in Camden which I live in Camden, but not in the town. I'm like, okay, well, why, why was I going here? That's not where I intended to be. I intended to go home, but I zoned out. But hey, at least I got close, right? I'm in the general direction. Matthew 7, 13 through 14 says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life. 
and as long as you get close, you're good. No. And there are very few who find it. I don't know of anybody or never heard of anybody that's almost made heaven or accidentally made heaven. No. The danger of distraction is that it can cause you to miss out on something that God is trying to tell you. Like I said, this world is full of distractions, both good and bad, and it's impossible to hear it all. And even here in the church, we're not exempt from any of that. How many of y'all have a cell phone on you right now? How many can honestly say they get distracted by their cell phone even in church? I can't tell you how many times I've been distracted by that stupid thing. How many times I was like, okay, it's time to pray. Next thing I know, it goes off in my pocket and I'm like, wait, who's that? It might be important. Nobody calls me. The only people that call me are work and they're not working and my wife and she's here. So ain't nobody calling me, but I still answer it. How many times have we gone to pray? Even in our personal time. Like, okay, I'm going to pray now. Now, 30 seconds into it, that thing goes off. It's a text from work. I'm like, it's 10 o'clock at night. Y'all ain't even up. Why are you texting me? Somebody I ain't talked to in forever is trying to call me. Like, why are you talking to me now? I ain't talked to you in years. It always happens. Next thing I know, I'm on my phone, finish whatever phone call, text message. Completely forget I was praying. I know some of y'all are probably super spiritual and just ignore it. And it's like, no, I don't. I'll turn it up loud so I can hear it just so I can ignore it. Not me. Or, how many of y'all have the Bible app on your phone? That's another one. I can't tell you how many times I've tried. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do some reading on it. Again, get that text. Someone tries to call. I'm like, okay, let me get back on that app. I click that Bible app. For some reason, YouTube comes up. Hours go by, and I'm sitting there watching how to weld underwater on oil rigs out in the middle of the ocean like I'm ever going to do that. (laughs) And yet again, that's another missed opportunity that I had to get a word from God. Going back to the phones during our service, I'm going to give a shout out to someone here. Because of how real the danger of distraction is with our phones in church, my man, Brother Wagner here, don't even bring his in. I've asked, he's asked me, he's called me out. He's like, why you got your phone? Bro, mine's in the truck. I'm making fun of it, but it's great. I love it. He refuses to even bring it into church because of that distraction. I could go on and on for this th- with this thing, but let's be realistic. This is not the only thing that distracts us. How many of y'all have been sitting in service and then you're thinking about either what happened last week, what's going to happen next week, something you got to do after service, 
Where am I going to eat? What am I going to eat when I get there? Is there going to be a line? Where's my backup plan? I need to make a grocery list real quick. I can't tell you how many times I've been listening to a message and I, my mind starts to wander off. I get distracted by those things. Next thing you know, I'm trying to figure out where we're at, what he said. Brother Foster and done run around the church three times and I ain't even, I'm like, what what I miss? Or you got to do that, uh, I'll call it the walk to shame person next to you. What scripture did he say? <laughs> this is why, another reason why that attention span of eight minutes is scary. This is why Pastor and Brother Mattman, they work so hard when they get up here to not only pour out what God has given them, but fight for our attention. Shouldn't be that way, but it's the reality of the situation because it's such a short window that they have to give, get us what we need before we drift off. This is why we have our first Wednesday focused prayers. Why they break up a 40-minute prayer session into four 10-minute ones, which some of us still struggle with sometimes. Me. This is why we have the five-minute prayer prayers before service to try to help us to get our minds right, to get focused before the main service. So we try and try and try to get our attention on God. When I was working on this particular section of the message about not hearing God's voice or what He has for you, a particular story came to my mind. The story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. Let's go to John 5, starting at verse 5. And a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. And when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered, Sir, I have no man, when the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. And this is where it jumped out at me. The man had been dealing with this situation for 38 years. 38 years. Jesus rolls up on the scene as he normally does in Breck's shop. And he asks him, do you want to be healed? Do you even want this? And you would think that he would be like, absolutely I want this more than anything. But he didn't. And another reason it popped out, why? Why did he not do that? He was distracted. He was distracted by his circumstance, by the situation that he was in. He was distracted by his problems. So much so that he completely missed the fact that Jesus is standing right there in front of him, ready and willing to completely turn his life around. And the danger of distraction almost caught him, cost him everything. Because Jesus could have been like, okay, and walked away. 
But he didn't. He just said, okay, well, get up. And this is scary to me, too, that looking back on situations that I've been through and faced in my life and problems, was I ever that man? Was I ever standing with Jesus right there in front of me saying, do you want to be better? Do you want your situation better? Do you want to be healed? Do you want your family to be healed, your finances? And what do I do? I, get, I, I got distracted and focused on my problem instead of answering the question, yes. Yes, I want it. Another one is, did you know that even serving God has the potential of danger of distraction? I want to go back to Luke 10 and 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. As I mentioned earlier, not every distraction that we're faced with is bad. Serving God is not bad. It's good. But even it has its dangers. Because here we have Mary and, Mar Mary and Martha and Jesus is at their house. We have Mary sitting at Jesus' feet while Mar Martha is working hard to make sure everything is taken care of. Making sure the bathrooms are stocked. Making sure we got coffee. Making sure we got donuts. That the lights are on. The audio is working. It's clean. There's trash picked up. There's not stuff laying around. The whole time she's doing this, Mary is just sitting there, not helping at all. Just sitting at Jesus' feet, doing nothing. How many of us here have ever felt that way? I'm, I'm trying to do what I need to do for Jesus. I'm working for you. This person here is not doing nothing. More of my kids. Will you get up and do something? Because the danger is not the fact that she got upset. I mean, in my mind, I would have been upset too. The danger is the fact that she got distracted. When I say distracted, when it comes to serving in the kingdom of God, I believe one of the dangers is that we, when we get distracted by others. When I say distracted by others, I don't mean them trying to pull you out of the church. I mean when we start to compare ourselves to others. I know Pastor and Brother Matt may have mentioned it many times, the dangers of that. Because Martha knew that there was so much work to be done, and it seemed like she was doing everything herself, that she got distracted by what somebody else was doing or was not doing. Because like I said, don't get me wrong, Martha was doing absolutely right. She was doing nothing wrong. She was serving guests. She was working in the church, or I'll say the church, she was making sure everything runs smoothly for Jesus. Jesus is here. We want everything to be perfect, which is true. But while she's working, Mary's just sitting at Jesus' feet. Look at Jesus' response in Luke 10 and 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, you do not 
Do you not care that my sister has left me alone to serve? Therefore, tell her to help me. Dang. Jesus, tell her what to do. I try that with my kids sometimes. They don't worry. Jesus answered her and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Martha, you're distracted. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Yes, there's work to be done, and it's only going to get busier. Yes, there's things to get taken care of, and if you ever finish everything, then you're doing something wrong, because there's always stuff to do. But Mary, got, Mary was not distracted, because she knew that the most important thing at that moment was to be right at Jesus' feet. If Jesus is there, everything else is just going to take care of itself or whatever. I'm with Jesus. And like I said, there's a danger of comparing yourself to others. Comparing your walk to someone else's walk. Maybe she was in a spirit, the season where she needed to serve, but Mary needed something from Jesus. Martha could have looked like, okay, I'm getting everything set up so that way Mary can get what she needs. But I believe in that moment, Martha went from working for God or with God to working for God. Looked at it more, maybe potentially as a job as opposed to a hand-in-hand -hand interaction. We must never let our guard down, even when we're working in His kingdom, because even there, there's a danger of distraction. Just like Peter in Matthew 14, he was doing what Jesus told him to do. Jesus told him to get in the boat and go. But while he was doing it, he got distracted by the situation around him and lost sight of the mission, lost sight of his purpose to follow after Jesus. This world is so loud, and there are so many things constantly trying to fight for our attention and distract us. We're being bombarded from every direction. None of us are exempt from this danger of distraction. It's everywhere. Our jobs, family, friends, finances, the church. The list can go on and on of everything fighting for our attention. It comes from every direction. But if that's the case, how can we combat it? You can't get rid of it. It's going to be there. The first one I want to talk about is expect the distractions. Expect the distractions. Distractions are just a fact of life. They're everywhere and they're not going anywhere. That danger is always going to be there. The best way to avoid distractions or being distracted is to, to identify what could potentially cause that distraction. Now don't get me wrong, there's always going to be stuff popping up that you can't control. But there's a good bit, a bit that we can. Most of us underestimate the amount of distractions that prevent us from concentrating on what we need to concentrate on. But if we can identify them, then we could potentially eliminate them. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be on guard for those distractions, constantly looking out for them. Like I mentioned with Brother Wagner, he sees his phone as a potential distraction. He leaves it out in his car. When it's time to study and read the Word of God, go somewhere quiet. Turn that phone off. 
Don't use that Bible app. Grab an actual Bible. I promise you, you're still going to receive messages. You'll just get them from God instead of your brother's, uncle's, neighbor's, dog's first owner that you've never talked to. Last year, I had taught a lesson called The Secret Place. The scripture I used was Psalms 27, 4 through 6. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle he shall hide me, and he shall set me upon a rock. And now shall my head be lifted upon mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I go offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, I will sing the praises of the Lord. I truly believe that in verse 5 where it says, For, the time, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. That that verse is not just referring to those troubling times that we have. But I also believe it's against distractions. The fact that he, the word secret in this verse implies that only him and God know where this place is at. Because he's not going to hide you where others know. No one or nothing knows where this place is, including distractions. So if we can go to that secret place in our time and our devotion with God, there's not going to be any distractions. But I will caveat with that. I'll take that back. There's one instance where those distractions can find that secret place. You bring them with you. Number two, stay in His Word. We cannot get complacent when it comes to reading His Word. Psalms 119.105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and to a light of my path. With that, when you do your Bible reading, don't just read it. Study it. Another danger of distraction I feel is that it comes when you're reading your Bible is that you jump from verse to verse. You're not just, you're just reading it to read it, just to get that, the Bible app, the little streak, so you can get the most streak. When that happens, we run the risk of missing key details and verses, or we miss the context of scriptures, because we're bouncing from verse to verse without slowing down and actually immersing ourselves in the Word. Believe me when I tell you, the enemy knows the Bible better than we do. He knows it cover to cover. He'll quote it to you forward, backwards, sideways. He knows every detail of the Word of God. With that, he knows what details to leave out to distract us from seeing the true revelation of God. He's used this method to distract so many people from getting the full revelation in this world. There are so many religions and denominations and whatever that have the truth but don't. They got a little bit of it. 
but I feel that's because of distraction. That's why in 2 Timothy 2.15 it says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. Jumping to 15, I will meditate in thy precepts and respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. Pour yourself into it. Don't just read it to read it. Fall in love with it. Matthew 19 and 20, or Matthew 6 and 19 says, lie not, your, lie not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lie up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through nor steal. I like to think of that as distractions. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. How many of us here would truly say we treasure our time? Right? There's even companies you pay per hour, right? Because they value their time. Treasure the attention. What we give attention to is essentially what we're treasuring. Because we don't have much of it. There's only so much time in the day. We only have so much time left here before He comes. We must treasure His Word. Third, pray. We cannot underestimate the potential power of prayer. Madman taught a great lesson on that a while ago. Like I said, the world is not it is so loud, so full of distractions. There's so many voices trying to speak to us at one time. It's hard to tell where they're coming from. With so many voices, how do we recognize His voice? By being in constant communication with Him. John 10 and 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them. And they follow me. And I will give them, give unto them eternal life, that they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. If we're constantly talking to him, then we are able to recognize and pick out his voice amongst all the distractions. Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful of nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known unto God. Skipping to verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatever, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. If we can go ahead and stand. The danger of distraction is not anything that any of us should take lightly. Don't sleep on it. It is very real. It's even more real, I think, sometimes during this time of the season, this time of year. Because the world has lost sight of the true meaning of Christmas. It's gotten distracted with the presents and the lights. It's been more focused on how many presents can I buy my family? People are running themselves ragged, running themselves into debt, trying to buy stuff for their family. Now, don't get me wrong. Presents are okay. But don't let that distract you. Be more worried about what you're getting from God than what you're getting from your family. 
Don't let it distract you from the true meaning. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, that the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. To fight these dangers, we must follow what David wrote in Psalms 121 and 1 and 2, I will lift mine eyes unto the hills, from whence my help cometh. My help cometh from the Lord, which made even heaven and earth. Then, like Peter, when we begin to sink, when the waves begin to crash around us, we know where our help comes from. And we can cry, just like him, Lord, save me. We can do the same thing when the distractions start rolling in, when we feel our minds start wandering, when we're trying to get closer to God, Lord, save me. If you only get one thing from this lesson, if you heard nothing else I said, please, let it be what I'm about to say now. Our walk with God cannot be by accident. Like I said, I've never heard of anyone accidentally getting in heaven. We cannot take it for granted. Our walk with God has to be intentional. Everything we do must be intentional. Our prayer life must be intentional. Our reading must be intentional. The only way that we can avoid the dangers of distraction is to be intentional with our walk with God. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, God, for your word, God. Thank you, God, that in this, this terrible, dark world, God, that's full of distractions and confusion, God, that we have your word. God, just help us all just to be able to get even closer to you and just be even more intentional, God, especially when this world's trying to distract us, that we can find that secret place, that we can have that alone time, just one-on-one -on -one with you, God, and just in our prayer and reading, God. And God, I just ask that you bless all of us here today and just be with us all for the remainder of service, God, and bless the man of God as he comes on the next part to preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 